0: Welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast that you love. You love it. That's the way it is. You love it. It's good. We talk about the movies. We watch the movies, starting with the first in the movie in a series. We watch it all the way to the end of the series. We tell you, is it a good series of movies? What do you think, Charles? Did I cover all the bases?
1: You got it all. You always get it yeah. all.
0: You know, it's fun um, making superfluous digital content right now because, like, we have no idea what's going to be happening in the world. Like, we're recording this, you know, what, how, like, Maybe three or four days before it releases.
1: Yeah, we're we're on we're very close. This is very scary for me as the editor.
0: Well, I mean, it should be like we have literally no clue what's going to happen. We were trying to record this, but a couple things came up in the last week. And bear with me, Americans. Maybe this is familiar to you. Um, the president's threatening to use military force on protesters. Uh, cops are absolutely housing peaceful protesters who are speaking out against centuries of systemic racism. There seems to be no one in charge of the sinking ship. Everything is on fire. So, yes, it's a little weird to do any pre-recording right now because it's like we genuinely could miss something something unimaginable. Like the, 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 eight, the 8 millionth unimaginable thing of the year could happen in the next few days. It's a strange feeling to have.
1: Yeah. and like, So we are now giving someone the choice, do I listen to an episode of When Will It End or do I do something where I could potentially get useful information?
0: Yeah. So I want to honestly say, I mean, I I think I speak for Charles here. This is not an important thing. It's important to support people who are raging against an awful, awful, awful system of racism and an anti-black culture that must change. And if you want to pause right now and go donate to bail funds, go learn more about Campaign Zero, which is the Black Lives Matter, uh, their, their political organization trying to affect change on a you know, systemic level of how criminal justice is performed in this country, you know, go get involved in your local city governance, learn how much you're spending on law enforcement in your community, learn about how money can be diverted away from, you know, militarized violent police and into social programs that would give everyone a better way of life, learn about, you know, what it means to be racist, please just pause and go do that. We're going to talk about RoboCop too. It can
1: wait. Yeah, you can... It can pick this up in a few months, you know, (laughs) or maybe things are a little calmer, but maybe not. I mean, maybe. So this is the thing: is like, I would say, yes. Pause this. I've been listening to Justice in America, that podcast that everyone's been sort of talking about now. It's amazing. If it's only listened to the first two episodes, and it already is like shattered, basically the myth that we have justice in this country. And there's like, hold on, are you
0: saying it's it's better than our podcast?
1: No. No, 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 okay, I'm just oh, saying fear. like you can it might be a little more important than ours, yeah, it's not well i'm fine <laughs> like, I'm
0: fine saying it's more important, but saying it's better feels like you know no, come I never on, said this that. is a come on, this man. is a very good podcast.
1: <laughs> this is the best... i mean you opened up accurately, you said this is the movie podcast where we watch the movies, and you love it, you love it, people love like, it those are un- undeniable facts,
0: yeah well yeah. i guess like we're we're in this position of like, do we make comfort food for people in challenging times? Or, you know, do you take the time to be like, maybe don't anesthetize yourself to the world right now. Feel what you're feeling. It's important to feel this.
1: Yeah. There might be a thing to say, uh, this might be a good thing to spend an hour on, you know? But, uh, also I've been at work, uh, where I, like my job is pretty, a lot of breaks sometimes. Like today was really busy, strangely, but sometimes I like have an hour where I don't do anything and I'm spending a lot of it just like researching and looking at what's going on right now so it is i understand that if you don't have that you know the privileges of having a job where it's you're not always on on all the time and you have to use your downtime as downtime yeah this uh, maybe just pause this for for some time
0: yeah we're at one of those cultural moments where things are changing they've probably already changed and we need to catch up to what's happening and you know if you're looking backwards if you're trying to you know, if you're dreaming of of a past that's never going to return, you're doing the wrong thing. It is, it is a time to move forward, and I cannot recommend that enough, which is why we're speaking today yeah. about the crypto-fascist piece of shit, RoboCop 2, which is a terrible-ass movie. So, Charles, I, I want to share an experience with you. Okay. Um, I watched a movie last night, True Grit, by the Coen brothers. Sure. The, the remake, the 2010 remake. Yeah. Wonderful movie. So good. And, and as I told you, I forgot that Josh Brolin was in it so I, when we get the josh brolin reveal
1: yeah it's amazing that you could forget that but i get it i've been in that same situation where like i literally watched inglorious bastards and i was like wait brad pitt not only is he in this but he has top billing <laughs> and i was like, oh yeah of course brad pitt's in this so yeah
0: right so you know it's kind of funny when you're watching something you thought you knew and all of a sudden something like oh my god of course this 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 element of it that's so important to the chemistry that i totally forgot when this movie cut to the credits, finally, after a truly exhausting watch, and I will say... And Wait, sorry, you are you talking me about RoboCop
1: 2 or are you talking about uh, True Grit?
0: My apologies. RoboCop 2, the film RoboCop okay. 2. It is, of course, the second movie in the RoboCop series, hence the title RoboCop
1: the Second. Yeah, I like, th- we're gonna, I like that we get to talk not only about the movie RoboCop 2, but the character RoboCop 2 as well. That honestly is a brilliant filmmaking
0: that's the best part of the movie we'll get to that
1: (laughs) i will talk about this but this i this the reason why i said the word sad after you said it's a terrible movie is because a it is a terrible movie and b it had the potential to be maybe better than the first one i don't know if i can make that claim but it gave like the first few scenes was like this might be a really great sequel
0: no, I I totally agree. I felt like it was on the cusp of of hitting this other tone, this other level of the series that it did not get to. Mm. But anyway, so we, we fi- I finished the movie the first time I tried to watch it, I passed out in the middle of it because yeah. I am thirty now and I'm an old old man with creaky creaky bones.
1: We were doing that thing where we um, were watching it remotely, and I was texting Josh, and we were having a nice text exchange, and then suddenly, like thirty five minutes into the movie, there's just, like <laughs> eight texts go by, and Josh does not responding Like Josh, does Josh hate me right now? What the fuck is going on? And then I get a text, oops, sorry, fell asleep. It was like, yeah, you missed like a third of the movie.
0: I, I know, I did. So I, then I tried to watch it a second time and, and just hated it and then tried to watch it a third time <laughs> and successfully finished it. Damn. Um, so when I finally got to the end of it, I was like, okay, this movie was like hyperactive, incredibly conservative, very reactionary, very busy and overwhelming and sour. And then I saw the one credit that explained everything. And I can't believe that I did not do my research prior to watching the movie.
1: <laughs> What was that? Do you know who wrote this movie? Oh yeah, Alan Moore. No, Frank Miller. Oh, sorry, Frank Miller. I, I, I get the. Oh my guys. god! If well, I, I would fucking yeah, no, if Alan would, Moore did. If it, I that left would be...
0: nut for the Alan Moore RoboCop too, yeah, he would he would somehow be traipsing in like a Glen with <laughs> naked teenagers or something. It'd be wild. Uh, no, this was yeah written by Frank Miller, who's yeah, a complete Frank... fucking like, an unbelievable piece of shit. Like, d- like absolutely, a, like a a weird crypto fascist asshole who writes busy, sour, reactionary, conservative
1: texts and i th- I think in the hands of someone that isn't that sort of like the way verhoeven used starship troopers to like sort of use that sort of conservative text to do something crazy and reactionary to that like i think sin city is a really great movie and i don't know what the books are i'd have to read them again but like i feel like he has characters that have so much trauma and angst and violence in them that someone that's like sensitive and can do something with it can do something with it where obviously the guy who did the empire strikes back star wars number 2 <laughs> like really just played it straight.
0: Yeah. Well, this movie has a sadism to it that the first movie, like in the first movie it's a muted gray, like there's cartoonish things about it, but like the look of it is is sad and 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 defeated and everything that happens and it feels like this post-industrial late capital malaise. And this movie Weirdly reminded me more of Total Recall, despite not being a Verhoeven picture, because it's very colorful. It's very bright. And everything about that movie that's supposed to be dreamlike and you know deliberately heightened, because at the end of the movie, of course, we realize Arnie is dreaming. This is not a real thing. This movie is just a bad dream the entire time with no reveal at the end. It's just loud and right. screams at you. It was not fun to watch. And again, the violence. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Compare the, the violence in the two movies. Did, did you notice anything about this or is it just me?
1: I mean, go for it. I'm not, I, so I saw it like five days ago at this point. So like those maybe sort of details are floating off somewhere. So yeah, what, what you did pathetic you- pathetic old man. Yeah, man. I, uh, I can't remember- Humbled I by your, your crumbling cerebellum. I've had a bad cerebellum basically since I was born.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, my memory is shit and, and years of doing stupid things have not helped that.
1: Yeah, like what? I, like... I've
0: worn it down to a nub. <laughs> you got that nubs, nub bellum? A fucking nub, dude. Fuck. It's a nub up there. Um, Yeah, okay, so I felt like the violence in Robocop is really, gar- it, it's ugly. It's, it's upsetting when it happens. It's, you know, Verhoeven's showing you something really disturbing. And in this movie... It was like ejaculatory and celebratory and yes. torturous. There's so many times where people are horribly killed or horribly maimed in ways that feel like gleeful and, and not critical of the act, but celebratory yeah. of it. And it, that tone is so hard to
1: balance. Let's paint the opening, because I think maybe not everyone sort of went out of their way to watch RoboCop 2, especially right and now. And probably
0: don't, especially <laughs> right now, don't. This, this yeah. is a... This is a gross movie and I did not like it. It's a
1: really pro cop movie. But for people who didn't, the opening is like it's very similar to Robocop, where it starts with a fake news reel, a fake ad, more fake news. And it's like it shows you such callous acts of violence where I don't know, the first one used its news and it seemed very real. Like it was really interesting how like he used the realism of someone covering the news. I don't even know if like it feel like those actors were newscasters. They seemed like they weren't even acting, and it was like not really overboard. And this one starts out like twenty minutes, and I was like, this could be very good if it's controlled. And unfortunately, it wasn't ever corralled. But you see, like an old lady get run over by a car. You see what else? What else is in the opening?
0: Like, oh, the guy robs the the fancy new car, and the security device electrocutes him and turns into like a fucking skeleton. And the yeah. guy's like, "Cause your car is worth it, or whatever." Like, it felt like the, in the first movie, it's this like really unsettling, uneasy, real satire of like corporate news and of a world like spinning into chaos, but being presented with this sort of straight faced, like uncritical grin. And and this sort of felt like again. More like it's, it's, everything in this movie is like a carnival. It's colorful. It, it's oversaturated. The, the satire leans a little bit too heavy to be clever. It's it's just a bit more obvious. And I was with you in the beginning. I was like, okay, this this has some potential. This is weird. It's twisted. Yeah. This future? Oh, real wacky. Imagine a, a world of, of unceasing brutal violence and uh, uh, corporate uh, malfeasance and, and a total lack of leadership. You know, it's, it's really... Uh,
1: It's out there, bro. But so I think the thing that is different is that this movie seems like it was made by someone that loves cops. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the, the bad guys in this movie are the corporations and doctors and the good guys are cops. So like where the first one makes everyone bad and the cops probably either the worst or the least important, just actors of random violence that they were told to do, this one the cops rule. Everyone loves RoboCop. The cops love RoboCop. They're just a team of cops that are doing their best to fight their way through all this this crime and hypocrisy and so like all these scenes at the beginning aren't a satire on the world we're living in. It's like an extreme version of what a conservative thinks is actually happening out there so that cops can go and do this thing that RoboCop does.
0: Right. This movie does something incredibly gross where one of the dumbest bits of the movie that really sucks is that, you know, when they're talking about redesigning RoboCop, they have a bunch of crying ass liberals he who want sucks. him to be a big old pussy hole. They're <laughs> like, what if he was an environmentalist? Like, that's Ooh. how they like depict it. What if he was nice to kids? And It's like, well, in the first movie, he did hang out with kids in a very funny yeah. scene. That's actually great, which is weird. But yeah. So like the joke is that like, you know. There's this whole sequence that sucks, where like the new nice RoboCop goes to stop <laughs> so a robbery bad. of a little league team, and like th- one of the most upsetting deaths in the movie is when Lewis like shoots the yes! coach in the head. So that's and just the like thing. they play his corpse for jokes, and it's like this is disgusting. This is like like the attitude of the filmmakers is reprehensible. Like while in RoboCop, the way Boddicker and OCP treat human life, that's clearly supposed to be upsetting and shitty and wrong, and In this movie, it's like Robocop uses a corpse as like a prop for like a little slapstick bit. And it's like, what the fuck is this tone?
1: It sucks. So then that whole scene backfires on itself because his policing is actually very good policing when he's like corrupted, like a Little League uh, coach and kids are robbing a store and Lewis is like trying to shoot this dude in the head. And he's like, hold on, we don't need violence to solve this problem. Right, and then like the moral of the story is that no, you need to kill everyone involved here.
0: Okay, well, as I was texting you, I was like, oh my god, they're they're setting us up to cheer when RoboCop goes back to like right. ripping bulls the size of bricks through human torsos, and like, and that's the point. Like, what you hit on earlier is so true about the character itself. Where in this movie, all of the moral ambiguity of RoboCop and the role he serves and his human inhuman presence in the first movie, none of that comes back. And what I said at the end of the last episode was, if this second movie goes deeper into that fascinating conundrum, you know... That that would be a good movie. Let's get deeper into the mind of this guy who's like a half-human, half-robot killing machine who's conflicted about his identity and struggling to understand the role he plays in the world. And this movie, it's like, what if he was fucking even more murderous than before and had even less moral compunction than before? And in the end, it's just a sick-ass shootout, and that's basically it. And it's fucking – I want to share something with you that I, I – again, I, I did do a little research after the fact. <laughs> I hate this already. I got to stop doing that. Can I pass the baton to you? Can you be the ticket ticket? You're getting better at it.
1: So, I, I mean, I think whoever says research, the other person just has to make the noise. Though, no, I think you mm. did just sort of do it all the time. How about we pose yeah. that as a new rule? I think we I'll, haven't I'll really talked about rules in a while. And I think we sort of started this show in a very rules-heavy, <laughs> like making sure we understood the rules, put down the rules. Um, so maybe that should be the new rule. Whoever says it.
0: Look, man, maybe we put down the rules and pick up the peace pipe, all right? smoke of the gong so, uh, yeah.
1: will you remember what you have to say if I yeah. go off on a tiny tangent
0: I will happily cede the floor to your tiny
1: tangent okay I just don't want you to lose that because I, I want to hear it but you said the word peace pipe and uh, at work today I was lucky enough to I think I said in the last episode where we've been like choosing curating trilogies and film series and things that so we can watch at work because I have all this downtime so it was my pick today and the Matrix trilogy is on Netflix and so we watched the Matrix trilogy from start to finish today and we might do it for the show. I don't really care, but I have a new love for the whole franchise. I think if you watch them as one giant movie, it's an amazing experience. And there's a line where near the end of the third one, he's like, what do you want? And he's like talking to Agent Smith. and He's just like, all he says is peace. And this movie, the movie movie's about love and peace. And it's just like such a beautiful movie. I was at work crying when carrie Ann Moss dies. It's like, it was a very wonderful. Wow! Well, spoilers from Matrix
0: Revolutions. Jesus, have you no shame? <laughs>
1: yeah, I got no shame, man. I was crying. Spoiler: at work. <laughs>
0: Neo is Christ, except the Lord, yeah.
1: motherfucker. Is there, those are fucking wild movies. They came out twenty years ago. Basically, they look insane in a great way. I love I like. I shat on those sequels when they first came out. They rule. Another great series to watch right now. Where it's it's about a lot of black voices teaching white people how to behave in society. It's about standing up to control uh it's really great great movies it's about love peace protest beautiful
0: though of course white people go ahead educate yourself you might learn something along the way
1: who knows wait if you educate yourself no i would advise against that
0: yeah please don't please Um, get help okay so here's something that uh, i uncovered that i think cuts the core of everything wrong with this movie instantly uh peter weller hated the script he said it lacked the spine and the soul of the original. He tried to convince Frank Miller and Irving Kirshner and the producer that the third act needed a morality angle instead of just being a shoot-em-up. The producers felt the battle between Robocop and Kane was sufficient.
1: Yes, because I mean, they thought just say Kane everything? was a bad guy. Kane fucking Kane rules. Kane is the coolest dude of all time. I <laughs> want to do Nuke with
0: Kane yes. so bad. So first off, let's go for the plot of the movie, okay?
1: Yeah, like a little quick plot. Go over here. There's...
0: You remember RoboCop? He's the tall guy with the dome head. He shoots the guys with the gun. We love him. Okay? Some dumb bullshit happens. They want to make RoboCop 2, which is, again, the only funny running thread in the movie is that they keep referring to RoboCop 2 in RoboCop 2, which is great. They can't find other police officers who can stand being a robot without immediately killing themselves, which, again, is one (laughs) of the—it's a fascinating sequence. That's the thing. Yeah.
1: You get a scene like that where you're like, oh, shit, this is going to rule. Or, like, you literally have... They can't make another RoboCop because they're all suicidal maniacs. Like, that has, that's is—that's a great promise. Right.
0: Okay, so then there's this deranged psychologist who's just, like, a random evil lady whose motivations are never defined, other than she's, like, an evil psychologist who wants to use a hardened criminal instead of a cop for RoboCop 2. There's this evil drug dealer who rules named kane kane looks like he's really into the prodigy or maybe was in the prodigy (laughs) at some point i don't know yeah him and this awesome child villain sell what seems like an awesome ass drug called nuke that again hook me up listeners if you've got nuke i'm gonna stick it in my neck and go
1: (sighs) dude it comes in different colors and each color has a different mood it's like the way people talk about pot now Right, there's different strains of nuke,
0: and uh, you know, let's just say uh, you gotta find your uh, your own your own yeah. brand of the what, Nuke what, experience. What, uh,
1: what brand do you think you would have been? I forget the what. Oh, the probably a had... purple nuke. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I might be OG OG red.
0: You could stick with the classic red.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, if we could just legalize nuke, we could regulate it and make it safe and take it off the streets.
1: Yeah, but we got to make sure all the different flavors stay. I don't want to lose purple.
0: Yeah. Okay, so this movie sucks and is stupid. There's only two real plot lines that make any sense. And if I'm wrong, correct me. There's one plot line where the drug lords are using the nuke money to buy the city of Detroit from Detroit because it's gone bankrupt. And the other plot line is the development of RoboCop 2 by OCP that goes horribly awry. And I say there's only two plot lines because RoboCop doesn't, in my mind, really have a plot line in this other than he's briefly like a liberal pussy and then comes back to being a murderer. So here's and that is such an afterthought compared to the other two.
1: Yeah, this is this is what I was like. I really wanted to talk about this because I've talked about this um, for other movies. One of the things that sequels do that they shouldn't is answer questions that nobody asked. And I think RoboCop's storyline is not only that, but unfinished. They don't even finish the answer. So you're we talking about the end of the last one. We're like, oh, I'm so glad there's no scene with him with his family oh, I'm so glad it feels like a dead, empty ghost town whenever he thinks about his family. Because, like, we don't want to meet them. And this movie starts off with him... C- can you please explain to me, is Hob his son? Or is it just remind him of his son?
0: I have... I, I, by the end of the movie... Okay, here's something else that you're touching on. All of that shit with that kid and his wife, the, the genuinely fucked up and bizarre part of the movie where he stalks his ex-wife... When well, I mean, ex-wife? He stalks his widow. yeah. And then tells her that he's dead, and I kept being like, oh, they'll come back to that and like revive right. his humanity, and he'll be like, actually, I am still Murphy. Ignore that. Belay that order, or, or even
1: have her in another scene.
0: Right, but no, that's it. After raising this bizarre plot line that's actually interesting, where it's like a ghost of a man stalking his ex-wife from his metal carapace, which is horrifying and cool, it, it's disposed of entirely. It's It's... I don't even understand. Like I feel cheated in retrospect because it's one of the few interesting threads of the movie and they just outright dump it and then never return to it. They don't explain what the, it. What the fuck? Uh,
1: see, I don't even know if I really cared because I would I think I was really into the idea of him not connecting with his family. But you know what? Like that's what I have to do when you're watching a sequel. You take it for what it's giving you. So yeah, you go, okay, this might be cool. We have a, a fucking robot murderer stalking the person that he used to love and his and his son. And like, yes, let's explore that. But, like, I thought I fell asleep because I don't remember her ever coming back. I literally, like, watched the last half of this movie again to be like, are they serious? They just, like, threw out that character and that whole arc. So all we are left with is Robocop becoming a kind man who then electrocutes himself so that he no longer becomes the kind man.
0: Yeah, and, and and he's a kind man for one scene, and then it's such a Frank Miller, Fred, like uh, Fred, excuse me, uh, not my father, Fred. It's such a Frank Miller, Mel Gibson thing where he like, yeah, one, they liter, they literally call him. They call him the Christ has been stripped after after the cool ass baby drug lord dismembers him, which is awesome, yeah it 's like one of the coolest parts of the movie, <laughs> mostly because like at this point we don 't care about Robocop and it 's just cool to see a robot get torn apart, but like when one one of the cops goes, "The Christ has been stripped or something, and it 's like Jesus dude, what is all these fascists like these like weird like Christian fascists like frank miller and mel gibson they're obsessed with like suffering and agony and this oh, but yes to have him like be dismembered then later electrocute the pc out of him or something it's like it's Can just I,
1: deranged I, i'm gonna i want to take a few minutes to read to you the directives that are supposed to be funny lampoons of what a cop shouldn't be would you like i'm gonna i'm just gonna go through them with you
0: yeah, please. And everyone listening, bear in mind, uh, open your window and look outside in 2020 and look around and, s- and breathe in yeah, the air. Yeah, so and, uh,
1: you know. Directive 233, restrain hostile feelings, promote positive attitude, suppress aggressiveness, promote pro-social values. I'm not going to finish the list. Like, this is what uh, Miller thinks is a funny lampoon of how a cop should never behave.
0: Okay, like, I want to read you a tweet that I shared today from a conservative fucking loser, you're going to love this. Great. This idiot, Matt Walsh, I don't know who he is. He's an idiot. Here's the tweet. Less... <laughs> Leave that in. I- I Leftism. Will. Thank you. Leftism is a religion of self-loathing. It teaches white people to hate their race, boys to hate their sex, women to hate their femininity, Americans to hate their country, Westerners to hate their culture. What a contemptible, toxic thing it is. Here's the next tweet. I ran out of the room. That's just in a vacuum. I still don't really understand what if he literally ran out of a room because he huh. thought about leftism. Like he literally fled a room due to thoughts of liberalism. Okay. It also teaches wives to hate their husbands, mothers to hate their children, children to hate their parents. That's all it does. Turns groups against each other and individuals against themselves. I hate everything about it. It's poison. Cool. So that that is someone who tweeted that on June 4th, 2020. That's basically RoboCop 2 in a nutshell. Like, it's a movie so afraid of engaging with actual ideas that don't come down to, like, cold, hard, brutal violence that they, like, make out any vague effort to not behave in that manner by cops as a complete failure.
1: Like, I don't understand. This is the sort of thing we were talking about in the last movie where they were afraid that cops might have, a like, a bad... bad response to the first robocop and they ended up loving it and it's like the people that loved that movie made this one
0: right like someone watched the first movie and the only takeaway was it's cool when the metal guy shoots the guys
1: yeah I, so i want to ra- i want to spend some time talking about the cool shit cuz the criminals were fucking cool as shit and i want to like understand who this boy was
0: yeah the boy man is amazing
1: <laughs> he's well, not a great just, actor. Sorry, just, uh, as a, as a, no, he's
0: he's he's great. It's a bit of context based <laughs> on my, my based on my research. It seems like like a lot of sequels. They gave this movie a hard deadline. They threw away a really cool draft of a script that we'll talk about later. This movie, like a lot of sequels, and I think again we're talking about franchise culture. This was rushed out, so your this was compromised from the beginning.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's uh you know I also while at work we watched the entire Tremors series. We didn't watch the entire, we stopped at four because they were so bad. And it's like, yeah, I get why also the opinion that sequels suck is real because sometimes sequels really suck. And like, the I've Tremors never movies,
0: seen the Tremors movies. I've seen the first one, of course, but
1: they're like advertised as like horror comedy. They're not funny at all. And they're like, they're literally, it's, it's like watching like a uh, quantum leap or something where most of the show is just like a bunch of people talking And then maybe every once in a while a thing happens. It's so fucking boring.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, as a hardcore Star Trek fan, you're describing the format for one of my favorite shows. I right now I think my comfort food is the the uh, the dreamy multicultural diverse sympathetic emotional world of Star Trek I, I you know like most people as I try to crawl into sleep on a mixture of marijuana and ibuprofen PM I, I settled into some next generation last night and it was just like eating oh, like warm nice. pudding out of a clay bowl well like a fire burned. It is the pudding. most comfort food which season did I you had. watch. I went to season four and I wanted I I watched the Riker episode, Future Imperfect, where um he wakes up sixteen years in the future with no memory and as you might imagine, something's a bit fishy.
1: Mm. <laughs> but no, I think it's more like bad shows from like I don't know, like Stargate got really bad. Like it's just the way that like movies, like sequels direct to video sequels, like it doesn't fucking matter what happens. They know that people are gonna buy it based on the title alone and it's mostly just because they don't want to put money into it. It's people in sets that they can reuse talking about nonsense for a long time. They were really bad. Yeah. But this a like Robocop two looked like it had some money in there. Do you know what the budget of Robocop two was? I knew you were gonna ask that and I don't know off the top of my head, but
0: I got it, I, it right here. It, okay.
1: Uh it t- looks
0: bigger in every way, which is not good.
1: Yeah, it was twenty to twenty five to thirty million dollar budget. You know how and like that was in nineteen ninety.
0: When when Scorsese made gangs in New York, it looks like the Disney version of old timey New York somehow. Yeah. Like, There's something about it. So like in the first movie, it really feels like you're in a fucking warehouse. Like it's a really gritty, unadorned environment. And this movie, like I said earlier, it has this like it's like yelling at you. All of the colors in the movie are like screaming at you. All of the sets look like sets. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't have that sense of like despair and emptiness. It, it feels the opposite. It feels cluttered and, and overwhelming, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a mess. You can tell like, I want to watch Empire Strikes Back again. Cause I really don't think it's a very good movie. And this makes me really think that if there's any success in that movie, it's from somewhere else. This guy, it's not that he's a bad director i just don't think he has much of a like if you look at what he did he did fucking never say never again he's just like he did a steven seagal movies like, i just don't think he has a voice i think he just sort of like takes on whatever other people want him to do and he's probably a just journeyman
0: like, director Wait, which seagal movie
1: uh he did on deadly ground
0: oh my god that's a classic <laughs> we should do a seagal miniseries i love that shit it's like truly the most like uh, if it was smarter, it would be politically upsetting. But it's the truly the dumbest right. subgenre in that
1: yeah. all those movies. Sylvester Stallone, Jacques, all those movies. Like if they actually were like intelligent, they'd be really awful to watch because they're so fucking stupid. It's just like who gives a shit? These big men yeah. are beating each other up.
0: Hey, speaking of Hob for a minute, I looked up Gabriel Damon. He his his credit immediately before RoboCop Two, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Baby, oh, oh, that's nice. He had a type.
1: You had to type. Speaking of actors in this movie, uh, RoboCop destroyed Nancy Allen's career. I mean, I don't know the details, but just looking at her career, it was like... I know she was married to um, De Palma, mm. but like she did a lot of early work with De Palma, and then it's like, oh, she starred in a bunch of shit. She did RoboCop. She got some starring roles, and then fucking RoboCop 2 comes out, RoboCop 3, and then TV. Wow. Yeah, look at that. And that's it. Yeah, she, she just fucking died. And I don't... like. Yeah. This must have been like I think it did okay, but still it's like this is a fucking career killer if you don't have anything to follow it up with and apparently Hold she on, didn't.
0: she was on SVU in two thousand three.
1: <laughs> Fuck, I was, I'm sorry, I take it all back. That's the golden era. Oh shit, I she think. was on Cho- Children that of the Corn six six
0: six, Isaac's
1: return. Whatever happened to
0: Isaac. Uh, he came back. Hey, let's talk about Tom Noonan as Kane for a yes. minute. Holy shit, Kane fucking slaps. So first off, let's talk Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan has had an absolutely fascinating career. Um, oh yeah, where to start with the Tom guy? He's in Heat, which is obviously like awesome. He's in Heaven's Gate, which is you know wild, like a full decade before this. He's in Heaven's Gate. Um, he's in Last Action Hero, which is a surprisingly good Schwarzenegger movie. Um. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, well, he was, eight-legged um, legged freaks. Of course. God, that movie exists. That's crazy. So
1: I was, uh, um, I got to see him speak. I, I saw him for a midnight screening of, uh, house. What was that movie called? House. Just house. Uh, it's the that... movie version of the show house. <laughs> the house, of the devil where He is awesome in it. It's, did you mm. see that? I have not. It sounds scary. Yikes. It's, it's by T West, or Ty West, however you pronounce that guy's name. He, i think it's pronounced to west to west um he is a great interviewer like i've talked disdainfully how much i hate herzog because he's really bad at speaking in public fucking new hold on
0: i i've seen herzog speak in public and it fucking ruled he called yoga an abomination
1: yeah the problem is when there's one problem fuck that guy the problem is if you see him do more than one speaking engagement you realize that he just like is he plays the hits yeah, he, he plays, plays the hits. hits. Uh, Newton I mean? was great. He he was really uh, took time to answer everyone's questions, like very honestly and deliberately. And um, he really talked a lot about working with um, what's his name, uh, Charlie Kaufman. He be, he became in, like good friends. in New
0: with, York, which I have
1: never seen, and I yeah. should. And Aunt Anna Melissa, which is fucking awesome too. So, like, he's an incredible actor. And I like even if he's in terrible movies, I think he's a person. Like, I would watch a bad movie just to see him perform.
0: Okay, so in this movie, he does, there's one scene of Tom Noonan that is so sick, but Kane is this messianic drug dealer, cool-ass bald guy with a nose ring, so you know he's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. and it's Great and nose uh, he, ring. He, he's as much addicted to nuke as anybody else in his drug empire. And there's an amazing scene where he's testing the new nuke and like, it's like so powerful. His teeth are like shaking. And he's like, try cutting it with strychnine or something. He yeah. just like, is like reviewing the batch of nuke while he like blasts off on it. And I'm a little disappointed. I, I think like it speaks to Irving Kirshner being a very boring guy because, you know, we, we, on a behind the paywall, we talked about dread where they take great pains to show why, the drug in in dread is as powerful, and and why it, it's so important in a world with no future and no opportunity, where everything is awful. Like that's a really important part of it is understanding why. What slow mo is that? What it's called?
1: Yep, slow mo.
0: Yeah. So like that movie just like takes great pains to explain the purpose of slow mo in that culture, and by the end of it, you're like you like understand something about that world. In this movie, Nuke, is just sort of like. a a wild name for a very thinly defined stimulant basically but it's kind of hard to tell what it does because people just sort of get like animated sort of (laughs) like it didn't (laughs) i couldn't really figure out like it didn't even seem that fun or anything
1: i don't know (laughs) it seems like it has a shorter like whatever effect on your system than like cocaine it was like almost an immediate just an instant crazy high followed by nothing
0: well, then also in this really, like, gory movie, I thought they could make more out of, like, you know, shooting stimulants into your neck all the time or something, like, weird track marks or sores or something. But in this movie right. that shows us, like, like a fucking brain and spine, you know, floating in, in fluids and a, a hollowed-out skull and a guy getting his eye blown out, like, that part is, like, weirdly unexplored. And so the whole, like, that element of the movie – and we're talking about drugs in inner-city America in 1990, like – that was an overwhelming experience, you know, the the crack epidemic, you know. So the fact that that's such an afterthought also feels, like, lazy and the kind of thing like a dumb fascist like like Frank Miller would be like, and there's a drug, and they're all on the drug, and they're like, well, what's it like? And he's like, it's a drug, and they're it's bad. And you're like, okay, man, fucking you suck. This is stupid. Drugs are cool.
1: I mean, I feel like, I'm just guessing, but as in, like, an almost 80-year-old white man who has probably lived very fine and just had all the rich white people drugs. He probably didn't really have much experience with like drugs at all. It just seemed like he didn't, it, it didn't explore it cause he just like didn't even understand what it was. Mm. He just used it as like a plot point. Like, okay, drug dealers. I understand the concept of drug dealers. I understand of the war on drugs. Um, but that's all. So I don't, I have no context for how to actually depict this on screen.
0: Yeah, it's it's lazy, and it feels like it takes a, what was at the time an incredibly pressing issue and makes it into like a dumb detail that like has no depth to it. Stupid. Yeah, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, um, another thing I don't like in this movie is Robocop's armor changes, right? Um, so
0: this movie they move to like a, a
1: plexiglass or something. Like it's in the first movie,
0: famously it's Rob Boutine and uh, I can't pronounce his goddamn last name. Who knows? Is it Quebecois or something? B- Boutine. Yeah, let's Robert go with Biden? that. Yeah. Old boatin'. Um what Rob from the Thing fame? You know the first movie, the whole story is hysterical because it was such a fucking massive pain in the ass to make the the structure that Peter Weller was acting in. They couldn't, they didn't even have it done in time for parts of the movie. He couldn't sit in it, so he had to like, he was right. like naked from the waist down in the car. It was like a nightmare. So in this movie, it's like a lighter weight, weird <laughs> plexiglass thing, and it, it looks like it's airbrushed. It looks shitty. I don't, I didn't like it.
1: It looks bad. I was just going to say, I often have nightmares about being naked from the waist down in my car. Really? So I get it. Yeah. I will say,
0: watching the movie, I did text you Robocop's Robocop's little feet are cute.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It might even be the same one. It just looked like I liked how bulky it was in the first one. Like how almost stupid and silly it is. Like how it's not sleek. And this one just like seems way sleeker. Like he could actually run around and kill you.
0: Right. And again, the whole point of the first movie, I kept bringing up, you know, Frankenstein. He's this like horrific creation and he moves in a way that is labored and painful looking and strange and having him be like smoother and like, I don't know. I found Robocop and and understanding now that like Peter Weller did not like this movie at all. His performance definitely telegraphs that he hated this movie because like he just is so uncharismatic, even for Robocop. Like I found him to be easily the least interesting character in the movie this time, which was shocking.
1: Yeah, and I think they... I mean, they probably didn't do it on purpose, but they definitely set it up so that he doesn't do anything. Like, that's why... Like, the, the whole story, as you said, there are two stories and none of them are about RoboCop. RoboCop... And I think that was intentional. RoboCop is the hero. He doesn't need an arc. RoboCop is... The good guy force. Yeah. That a boring filmmaker would be like, okay, this is, I don't need to make this character interesting. He is what destroys bad guys. That is his only purpose.
0: Right. When, when it becomes like a battering ram, it's like, who gives a fuck? And like calling him a Christ figure makes it sound way more interesting than it actually is, which is a disappointment.
1: Well, I mean, he was a Christ figure in the first one.
0: Right. And this, he just sucks and is annoying.
1: Yeah. And also well, the whole last like Christ. movie
0: sucks so bad. Well, I don't know. Christ had some good ideas, you know? No, he was, he was very cool. We've got to end
1: usury. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. you fucking joking. Uh, no one's talking about credit card companies in this. Well, I mean, no one's talking about anything right now because there's so much crazy shit going on. But uh, prison reform and credit card reform are two huge issues that every political candidate should be talking about.
0: Yeah, I agree. But this movie does does hit on one important topic that I think is important. Kids will do anything to steal a Walkman. That's true. Yeah.
1: Yes. They'll fucking
0: beat the shit out of a shop owner to get a sweet, sweet Sony Walkman.
1: uh, I did... I, I really liked... I think I texted you in the beginning when we watched it the first time. Like the first... So the opening scene is a guy steals a purse from the lady whose cart of cans gets run over. And then two prostitutes kick his balls off and steal the purse from him. And then they steal... I forgot. It was like the series of staffs. And I was like, this movie would be actually really fun if it were just like this scene for 90 minutes of just like well, okay. a Detroit. So, that's so fucked up. Another
0: detail from the trivia section. That's fascinating is that maybe unsurprisingly, Frank Miller's original draft of this was described as unfilmable. Yeah. So they had to like adapt the original draft to like figure out how to make this like an intelligible film. And obviously I think they have subsequently published Frank Miller's Robocop which is his vision of this, which, I, frankly...
1: Yeah, I think they did.
0: We are good on never exploring. That shit sounds bad. But, like, yes, I'm with you in the sense of when you think about The Dark Knight Rises and shit, like, the, 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 the actual comic, you know, something he does, visually speaking, the way it interweaves a lot of, like, cross-cutting is, you know, that was a pioneering gesture at the time. And you can tell in the beginning of this movie they're trying to do a similar thing of, like, these, like, quick cuts between, like, a thing to a thing to a thing and to give you a sense of the urban decay of Detroit. But, again... It's just, this is an exhausting movie. The first movie is relatively simple. Like, every time I watch it, I'm always impressed at how relatively straightforward it is. And here's something I want to talk about there's so many characters in this.
1: Oh, my God. That's why I couldn't even remember if they got rid of his wife. Because I was like, wait, maybe they did. I just sort of forgot because there's so many people to keep track of.
0: Right. In the, in the first movie, there's. N- there's so much storytelling that's visual that, like, you know, again, when Johnson gives the little thumbs up at the end of the movie, like that is concludes his arc in one amazing little visual gag that works so well. And in this movie, He's like Johnson the number three is three character
1: in this movie,
0: and b- it's bizarre. And, and again, more Johnson is not better Johnson. You know, like it's, it's no, just, no, no.
1: I think the saying this, this, goes, "Just well, enough Johnson." Just enough Johnson.
0: Right. Just the, the a spoonful of Johnson helps the RoboCop go down. And in this movie, it's a bottle full of Johnson. And it's kind of a bummer because he's not doing a bad job. But he's be, he's given way more to do than he needs to. And it's obvious.
1: You know what? I would say he's doing a bad job. And again, I would I would point the finger at, at Irvin. The Kirsch? Yeah, the Kirsch. I would point the finger at the Kirsch Because if you compare performances, I would say if you watched only the scenes with Johnson in Verhoeven's RoboCop and only the scenes of Johnson in... The Kirsh's RoboCop. I would say like it's almost two different actors. I don't get that like weird glee that he has in the first one. I don't get his like strange, childish, just like wonder at everything going on and like eating baby food and right. giving thumbs up when his boss dies. Like he's very straight in this movie, and it sucks. Well, so in the, in,
0: in the first movie, all the corporate intrigue is like very funny satire to point out how. Vicious and ruthless and ugly and shitty that culture is. So so Johnson, this like emotionless, opinionless, just total stooge. Like he's funny because he just like his only ambition is to be like a corporate stooge. There's nothing else that he wants. And in this movie, they, they sort of like flesh him out just enough more and just just too little. So there's too much of him with too little to do. And he's not funny or charming. He's just like another weird guy in a suit. And it's a bummer. I love to meet some Johnson.
1: Fuck. Yeah, well, um, I just looked at his his IMDb page, and I will give you a little uh, glimmer of hope, perhaps. So here's this. In the first RoboCop 1987, he is billed as Johnson. His character name in RoboCop 2 is Donald Johnson. And his character name in RoboCop 3 is Back to Johnson. wow what a journey maybe we're gonna get a little bit of that johnson that we liked from the first one wow you think donald what what a wild ride here's the thing i think that felton perry was like oh fuck now i have to act like i'm a donald too i can't just be a johnson i have to be a donald johnson and i think that just got too much for him so i'm I'm happy to see that's like my one big thing i'm looking forward to And three is he's just gonna be back to johnson i hope yeah let johnson be
0: johnson you know what i'm talking about yeah,
1: a little spoonful
0: of Johnson. We already covered Helps this. the RoboCop go down. Okay? So let me talk about the, another big disappointment in this movie. Kane is cool. He's a drug-addicted messianic cult leader played by Tom Noonan, who has a nose ring and is bald and has a great goatee and yeah. whips ass and is a yeah. cool guy and is cool than RoboCop, and you kind of want to see him take
1: over the world because he's just an interesting fellow. Uh, yeah. The final so, fight scene is very boring. You're steamrolling me, bro. I'm getting there.
0: Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Like, I want to see
1: Kane win that fight. So
0: on paper, you're like, okay, we're gonna put our dear friend Kane into a robot carapace to battle Robocop. What a cool, interesting idea! I bet Kane's gonna be so funny and interesting, saying, talking the way Kane's been talking in the movie and saying dope shit like, you know, like a drug-addled maniac. No, we lose Tom Noonan. He's replaced by a screen that represents a 3D Tom Noonan that looks like dog shit. He doesn't (laughs) talk. He doesn't talk. Which is I'm. Completely at a loss as to why you would go out of your way to construct this elaborate supervillain for the second movie where Robo Robocop is finally gonna fight like not just Robot a Cop. random machine. Okay. Robocop is not gonna just, he's not gonna fight like, you know, a dumb machine like in the first movie, which again is another way to undercut the idiocy of corporate thinking. And in this movie, he's this like ludicrous machine gun toting humanoid, but doesn't talk and doesn't have a face. And they just so we lose Kane. And so it's like, you give us this cool supervillain and then rip him out of our fucking hands. Like, why would you do that? I'm glad we're recording understand. this
1: episode because I have answers to all your questions. Dios they're Probably the, They're probably the wrong answer, but I do have an answer to this question. Well, this is great. I look forward to hearing that answer. I would say the reason why he doesn't speak after he becomes the robot is because the CGI was so bad. Oh, they God. could not match up the lips of the robot Jesus. to his voice. So they're like, fuck it. We'll just have to have him be a silent robot.
0: That is – I mean that's everything about this movie. Okay. So I want to tie in other trivia with what you just said. They gave, they wanted Verhoeven to do this. But like I said earlier, they introduced these stupid deadlines and he was like, look, I'm not going to do – I'm not just going to cash in on this. I want – like I put everything into the first movie. I worked really hard on that. I want the second movie to be wild. And the original screenwriters write up this insane sounding fucking screenplay called Robocop Corporate Wars where he's destroyed completely – resurrected 25 years later 25 years later in an even worse future where he gets involved in like a battle between a corporation the government and like this this like horribly impoverished population and he falls in love with something called a neurobrain, which sounds fucking awesome okay so the studio because studios are like this and of course orion uh barely exists anymore as i understand it they do tv still i think
1: yeah yeah uh, that was also just uh, to bring it back to his directives. Uh, Directive two sixty two is avoid Orion meetings.
0: That's amazing, clever. Look at you, look at you go, right? So, so the studios like, okay, we like the idea. Here is a hard deadline, and in the screenwriter's writers were like, no, that's fucking no. We're not doing this on a hard deadline. It's stupid, you know. And so that's what you get. You, know, you get you get someone rushing a, a, a sequel forward, and, and it's so frustrating to think about, when you think about franchises, if they just didn't have these stupid, arbitrary corporate goals for the rollout of the movie, we would have gotten this insane-sounding other movie that, according to IMDb, may still come out. In 2019, it was announced that the original screenwriter's rough draft would be the basis for RoboCop Returns, which will skip two and three and be a sequel to the original. So if that actually happens, man, I'm excited because this is the opposite of the first movie in almost every way, and I hate it.
1: Yeah, Um, Edward Neumeier is uh, he... I would love to read... I, I hate biography, so I probably wouldn't read it, but just like looking at his IMDb page, it is all RoboCop. He is a millionaire based on one thing that he did and he just like that's it that's his life now what a fucking crazy thing to just be like steeped in RoboCop for But but 40 he years. deserves
0: it for RoboCop RoboCop is amazing that movie it, that, Oh absolutely I, I would give the first movie 5 out of 5 stars this movie I'm struggling, like, maybe one and a half or something. I'm, I'm, this was really frustrating. I really, really did not enjoy this. Like,
1: I think especially right now, rating it higher than a zero is, like, I don't know. It's like watching movies now where cops are good is just like, it just sucks. I just can't watch them anymore. Like, I was trained my whole life, and I very quickly escaped this. But your whole life you're taught that cops are cool and that they should be killing people. And this movie, that's like, this is the main message of the movie is that cops are cool and they should be killing people.
0: Well, I want to get to the most important part of the IMDb trivia page. And this is 100% evidence that Alex Cox is one of the coolest people to ever live. The great Alex Cox, of course, of Repo Man fame. He was offered RoboCop 2 and said the following upon reading the screenplay by Frank Miller. Miller was ever thus. I was asked to direct a script for RoboCop two and turned it down. Unlike the original RoboCop, which trod a path between right wing politics and left wing irony, Miller's script was reactionary and obnoxious, pitting its robot police hero against homeless people. No wonder he's so popular with the Hollywood one, one percenters. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. It's this is a dog shit movie. You know what? You're right. I'm giving this a zero. I'm giving this a zero.
1: Yeah, this gets a zero. This is like one of those movies that, while I would say it has some very successful things in it. Uh, it gets a zero as a movie because it sucks and it's its main point is to make you okay watching cops kill things kill people
0: right it's it 's trying it's, to set you up to celebrate something fucking nauseatingly awful, and then the first movie is all about. The, the impact of violence on people and the impact of violence on society and this horrifying half-man living in a, a ghost half-life that is like a nightmare. And this is the opposite of that. T- two more things from the trivia page. One, this just shows how much of a shitty idiot Frank Miller is. He showed up to the set every day during filming, even though he was not required to. <laughs> and then uh the guy who played katso the elvis the the cool-looking guy who looks like elvis if you remember him and of course we do see elvis's skeleton in the movie which is again one of the rare
1: awesome touches in the movie um I wouldn't even say rare at this point. I would say there's like 30% of this movie is awesome.
0: And then 70 is pure rancid dog shit. But so that guy, Uh, Michael uh, Medeiros, Michael Medeiros recalls Irving Kirshner literally ripping pages from the script every morning, calling it awful while Frank Miller looked on (laughs) mournfully. So Frank Miller is like a (laughs) shitty fascist cuck who just writes cop porn and everyone's like, dude, Um, you're a fucking joke. So so, so here's maybe your I take mistake it back
1: about the Kirsch.
0: Alan Moore was offered this movie and turned it down. Uh, so that's what you're getting okay. that from.
1: I see. For some reason, I get them confused, and I know they're very different people, but for some reason, they like I think of them in the same brain scan of graphic novelists that do sort of violent shit. I mean, but man, an Alan, yeah, an Alan Moore version, of this would be awesome.
0: Oh, it'd be 100 percent about like it'd be like Robocop wandering around Detroit by himself, you know, <laughs> talking to himself or something. It'd be so sick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it'd be great. So let me. Um, we'd have, I, probably have as many characters, but they'd all be very cool.
0: Um, let's briefly do worst parts of the movie. The single worst part of this movie, which is saying something, is the part where Robot Kane sticks his robot cock out to his girlfriend, and she like strokes his robot dick and goes, "I can get used to this." And you're like, "Fucking fuck this movie! This shit is fucking awful."
1: And then doesn't it cut to
0: Hob? It cuts to Hob watching eagerly, and then using yeah, his like, robo phallus, oh. he like brutally kills her. Yeah. It's like if Tetsuo That's... the Iron Man had no sense of criticism or irony, you would get this f- horrible shit.
1: Yeah, I don't even know why he killed her. He was like all ready to fuck her with his stupid robot dick and then he just, she does something?
0: She and like then strokes, he... she strokes his robot dick and goes like, I can get used to this. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. It's terrible.
0: I thought that was the nadir of the movie where it's like this weird sexualized violence that was like so unearned and fucking boring and awful.
1: I am. I would say my critique of the Kirsch as a white privileged man that doesn't have interaction with interaction with drugs would relate to me, except I'm choosing not to make movies about it. But I would like for you, who might not also know, but for me, a trope in movies that I find very boring is when someone is so like hooked on drugs that they will do anything to get the drug. Like, is that or like? is that a real thing? Like, would you actually have like the end of this movie? The end of this movie hinges on Robot Kane being so addicted to the nuke that he would kill himself to get a canister of the nuke.
0: Well, the, again, this movie veers between really awesome things and just utter, utter dog shit. The idea of like someone like dumping canisters of drugs to a yes. robot is like fascinating and that awesome. rules. But in this movie, it's just used as like, again, this incredibly exhausted trope of like, the druggie will do anything for a little baggie. And like, yeah, there's, obviously some real-life correlation to that idea but like as a plot device it has to be like one of the laziest things in human
1: history and they use it a lot they use it on his girlfriend there's a scene where Hobbs like you want this shit and she's like "Mm, yeah yeah i want that shit i'll do anything for that shit it sucks i saw funny um the movie vfw which is pretty fun it's like a carpenter-esque horror movie that just came out it's about old veterans stuck in a vfw getting attacked by druggies huh. and there's a great opening scene where like they use that trope except she literally like a person literally jumps off of a building to catch drugs falling off the roof and it's like okay that's funny that's like a funny critique of the trope like watching someone right. literally it kill the himself for the,
0: sure right
1: yeah but this is like doing it very seriously like, there's supposed to be like a heart-wrenching scene where hobbs like teasing her with drugs and it's just like this sucks this is boring and sucks
0: well, just like the first movie is like deeply humanistic, it's about people finding themselves in a culture that's ripped away love and identity and meaning. And in this movie, everyone's just shit and awful, and there's no point. It's just violent. It's it's a moral black hole. There's no message. It's just terrible. Um, though though it could have been a lot longer. According to IMDb, they cut a lot of scenes out of this, including one where RoboCop walks into a locker room and sees a naked policewoman showering. And and I'm quoting here after looking at her for a few seconds, walks away. <laughs> Fuck this movie. I'm giving it zeros. This is awful.
1: That's cool. That's um, so, really good okay, well, scene. We're
0: getting to that point in the movie. Um, the movie. Oh my God, this yeah. is horrifying. In the scene where an irate Robocane breaks Angie's neck and kills her, the actress, which is Galen Gorg, great name, Galen, was able to twist her neck in such an unnatural-looking way that the production team feared at first that she'd actually injured herself. So that scene was as the scene I picked as the worst moment in the movie was as upsetting to shoot as it was to watch, which I guess is comforting. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: it was intense. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're listing a lot of characters. I I I think I'm ready to do a little MVP pick before we get into whether we're asking the question. Okay, go ahead. What do you? Th- I mean, we're talking rules. Do you want to establish a rule right now where we always do it a certain way? No, oh, I Jesus. No, I don't. I don't. Do think that would be a nice like, to comforting our listeners? You're to, being like, real know, Frank okay, Miller okay. right now. Yeah, I just want to lay down the law here. Yeah. The rules.
0: If you were Frank Miller, you'd just pull out a gun and shoot my fucking face off and be like, die, criminal.
1: Josh, it's COVID time. I cannot. It's too dangerous to get that close to you.
0: Oh, fair enough. You could
1: shoot me from six feet away. I think you could hit me. I don't know, man. I've never held a gun.
0: I've lost a little weight, but I think you could still hit me.
1: Well, that's nice. Well, maybe it's not. Is that how you feel? You feel good? It's like a good I think it was like a or... stress thing, where
0: like uh, yeah, that's what I know.
1: realized as soon as I said it, maybe it's a bad thing to do. maybe
0: society has encoded a knee jerk reaction to praise weight loss.
1: Exactly. That's what mm-hmm. I just did.
0: Aren't you kind of a Frank Miller right now, huh?
1: I think I am. I'm God, twice you're, in a row, you're like a, a thousand Frank, Miller Frank right Millers. Now. Wow oh my god can you imagine that i just watched the matrix and i can only imagine a world of frank miller's
0: well we're living in a world now where basically everyone and i know like comparing everyone to the hit to like hitler or the nazis is an exhausted trope but like the whole they made the trains run on time attitude is literally every idiot fascist in this stupid country right now is like well uh you know uh things were fine we could uh get to and from the grocery store and what else matters or whatever you know and frank miller you can tell he's exactly like the trains run on time kind of guy yeah look you may not like it but it's how things work like fucking go jump off a cliff you dumb asshole listening to that
1: that justice in america podcast and i'm sorry i'm stealing content from that but one thing i did learn is that when they were uh in a lawsuit to try to like say why they think that bail is still a good idea the republican texan prosecutors were like well most people stay in jail because they want to stay in jail
0: that's uh the kind of like tragic awful shit that absolute monsters say it's just appalling it sucks
1: um so yeah i i there's a lot of characters we didn't even talk about um the strangest one i think juliet fax oh god but the, she sucks psycho yeah she's, she's she's
0: fucking the cool old ceo guy who still rules has a sick hot tub in this movie great hot tub <laughs> that's my mvp pick yeah. the hot tub the hot tub is sick i love it <laughs>
1: Oh come on! You got that can You got. I think we should pick a real one. I okay, think it's no, I mean, my, my pick is enough... Kane.
0: Kane. I want to see a thousand movies about Bruce Kane. <laughs> Kane is so
1: cool. <laughs> Kane Thanks is for... so much cooler than Robocop. It's absurd. Making that anticlimactic. Yeah, Kane is... obviously. How can you not choose Kane? Like everyone else sucks. It's boring. I feel like Hobb could have been an okay MVP pick, but not he, when you got Tom Hiddleston playing Kane. Well I mean yeah. Hobb, there's so but much so you want to know Cob, about Hob. dude. Yeah. Hobb's like a ten-year-old drug lord who is like very strange, like has a sweet side, has a violent side. Like I think he's got some really interesting stuff going on. The script just didn't really do much with him. Perhaps he is Robocop's son. We'll never know. Uh another thing I'm looking at the pages, uh, in Robocop, Peter Weller was billed as Murphy slash Robocop, and in Robocop two his character name is solely Robocop, which I think really speaks to what this movie was all about.
0: And go ahead, put a finger on it.
1: Oh, that, that was it. I mean, I'm not going to explain it to people. I just did.
0: <laughs> okay, let's get through this shit. This sucks. I hate this movie. Um, I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm asking when it will it end. I'm I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> what? Ra- I'm rarely this guy, but this is awful. Like I hated this. Like. Again, I I don't want to crib Alex Cox too much, but he nailed it. The first movie is the kind of provocative art that walks a line and makes you ask questions about law and order and makes you ask questions about capitalism and makes you ask questions about humanity. This movie is like overtly despises humanity is they even let the corporate criminals get away in the end. And Robocop's like, don't worry about it we're only human which is supposed to be funny but the joke is like we can't hold people accountable that would be crazy <laughs> so like nothing changes it just sucks this was like robocop 3 really better fucking come out of nowhere and dunk something because like this is really shitty i really didn't yeah. like
1: it i i honestly i fear that um robocop 3 is going to be even more in this next category well, so i have a new friend who's brazilian two.
0: And he was warning me that the remake is made by a very conservative Brazilian guy, and I think RoboCop Three. Mm. I'm trying to remember which one who directed that. Wait, how
1: do you get new friends? What the fuck um,
0: to, I I, this is actually kind of awkward to bring up on the on the podcast. But I was invited to a, a a movie group chat that you're not involved in. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Who invited you? One of my existing friends, but in the group I met new friends. Wow. Oh my god. So so that's what, sorry that that was my confusion. A, a, a Brazilian. Uh, conservative made the remake, but RoboCop three has more Frank Miller, which is astonishing. Imagine Wait, what? being, yeah, he co-wrote the third movie
1: too uh
0: with the director. Well, so, so this time like, the director was pals with uh Frank Miller, which fucking sucks.
1: Oh yeah, and I don't really like his movies that much. Um, this is I'm I'm also asking one we'll more. this is. I was, I was, I don't remember even what I was asking last time, but I was hoping, even if I didn't ask, when will it end? I was like, oh, maybe they'll actually do something with this character because this character is cool and the ending does, I think. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, I, I wasn't asking because I was like, I wanted Tales from the Roboverse. I think that's why the opening 30 minutes was so good because I was like, oh, maybe we are just getting Tales from the Roboverse. This is sort of fun. But yeah. Yeah. And so this half baked fucking mess tag i think this is fascinating just to compare these two movies in like very strange ways but like the taglines to robocop and robocop 2 are one part man part machine all cop that's really cool and insidious where robocop 2 is he's back to protect the innocent yeah they really thought they were like onto something here poor kirsch this is his last movie too this is like a career killer well, it just like it drives
0: me crazy when, when like you know, th- this is the fate of really good satire, you know. When, when just th- this is like the danger of making good satire, you know. All the subtlety and nuance of RoboCop uh, kind of created this as like an offspring. So, I mean, is that something a lesson from this? Maybe like, do you have to like, you know? I think of like the death of Stalin, for example, which I think is amazing satire and kind of unmistakable. So, like, maybe that maybe we're learning something about action movies or, like, the delivery of violence in movies or something like that, where it's, like, you know, yeah. it's a very thin line. And, and this, this franchise, we just watched it collapse in on itself.
1: Ugh, yeah.
0: Really disappointing. But also maybe good yeah. to confront, like, how noxious our culture is and how racist and shitty our culture is to, like, watch these movies that, like, you know, yeah, are unquestioning. In every way. Like, nothing is interrogated. Nothing is asked in this. The first movie is all about a search for meaning. This movie, meaning is pissed on and thrown away. It's it's very depressing.
1: And meaning doesn't like piss. I mean, some people like to get pissed on. And that's meaning,
0: fine. We don't kink shame on yeah. this podcast if you're a little piss baby. no.
1: Well, I, just, I just wanted to, yes, make sure that everyone knew that uh, meaning is not into water sports. Well, we don't know. I haven't talked to meaning lately. Well, I just mean, I, for that analogy that you just made to work, I just, yeah. that yeah. It really doesn't like it. God, we're really good at this. Fucking great. <laughs> so fucking we're really great. fucking good at this. Fucking good at <laughs> shit, shit rules. This is good
0: God, this shit. fucking podcast. Hey, we've got a Patreon, which is not as important as donating to bail funds and Black Lives Matters, <laughs> but know. we do have a Patreon. I am not telling you to contribute to it. I'm just saying it's out there. We are making bonus content. Um but, uh, yeah, when
1: do you think we'll ever ask people to contribute to it? We really released it at a bad time. We did.
0: And honestly, it's not important, and who cares? Just come back way later. It'll be waiting for you. You can pay $5 one time, to download all of them, then never do it again. Uh, don't do that right <laughs> now. Please donate to more important things. I can't stress that enough. If you happen to have $5 left over at the end of that, that is okay. It is not important, but we did. Yeah. We're recording all the bonus content, so I'm saying it's out there. Just saying.
1: Yeah, you can get to it at patreon.com slash podcast.
0: But as usual, we'll include a lot of links to more important things. When this is out there, please support people. Like thousands of Americans are in prisons right now for protesting against this unbelievable bullshit that people have been living under for an unimaginable amount of time. An experience that Charles and I cannot understand and are trying our best to however we can. Uh, But it is too little too late. And we know that. And... Please. Money speaks in this culture. That's the way it is. Um, You should uh, donate to anything that would make uh, Frank Miller live it. You know,
1: that's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Donate to causes that would make uh, idiot Frank Miller, the stupid fascist baby cry, like, you know, restructuring the way we support law enforcement financially with our taxes, uh, putting more stringent oversight measures in place bothering all uh, getting camps. rid
1: of them all together
0: oh my god yeah complete complete like fuck reform maybe complete abolition of uh, cops and prisons yeah yeah
1: like i actually saw a um article today saying that uh minneapolis was looking at like one of the things they were putting on the table was getting rid of the police force
0: and that's fantastic. We need to think it's of amazing. anything that's not this like pathetic conservative navel gazing where we imagine things are fine and just pretend things are fine. They're not. And this movie is like evidence of exactly how like unimaginative and stupid that way of thinking is. You make bad movies and objectively bad art when you make yeah. shit like this. It's just like, oh, cops are cool, guns are sick. Fuck off.
1: Yeah, and the guns weren't sick either. The guns were sick in the first one, which really worked to pointing like making that point. The guns were fucking boring in this one. Yeah. There's this movie sucked. This movie was so boring and just like gave you exactly what some idiot wants you to have. Yeah. It doesn't do anything else. It sucked.
0: Right. And I I think it's like this this experience of watching movies where I like watching movies or reading books or something that like, makes me think about my life or think about the way I'm living or think about the world I'm living in. And this is just – you wait for him to blow away more bad guys and that's it. And at the end of the day, it's so cool that he shot all those bad guys. And it doesn't even matter that the main corporate criminals escape completely unscathed. Not even Robocop gives a shit in this movie. Fuck that. It's awful. So, okay, let's try to close this on some kind of positive note. Anything's possible. If we work together as a community, anything's possible. Yeah.
1: So maybe the community of RoboCop 3 will have created something.
0: Right. Like maybe we can, you know, go to Frank Miller's house and take a shit all over it. Does everyone like literally shit on Wait, Frank Wait, the Miller's whole house. house? Yeah, top to bottom. Um, that'd be great. Just drenched in shit.
1: How many people do you think we'd need? Do you think he has a very big house?
0: That's a great question. I'm going to Google Frank Miller's house. <laughs>
1: All right well Josh is googling Frank Miller's house. I think we should just I think we should lead with that next episode. the size of Frank Miller's house or do you have it right there? Oh
0: my God, no, so this is this is Frank Miller in a nutshell. This is too good. I googled Frank Miller's house. Well I actually spoke, I actually typed Frank Mickler's house. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Close enough. the The first thing that pops up is an article in The Guardian about how he stirred up an outrage after lambasting Muslims and Wall Street protesters. <laughs> he talks about donald trump in this interview i'm gonna go ahead and search trump just to see what comes up (laughs) let's see
1: (laughs) wait are you searching frank does he support donald trump
0: real men stay bald he says with a grin lifting his hat to run a hand over his bare scalp jesus what a loser this guy sucks wait doesn't (laughs) miller also wear a hat
1: He's wearing a fedora in this picture, as if you couldn't make up dumb shit about. I this. mean, sorry. Doesn't doesn't Moore also wear a hat like that?
0: He wears more of like a weird, like like a wide brimmed fucking witch witchfinder general witchmaster general hat or whatever. Frank Miller sucks. What an idiot. He he's only sixty one when this photo was taken, and he looks like he's
1: on his deathbed. <laughs> All conservatives do that. It's just a, the a way of things.
0: Oh, my God. He showed up to the interview wearing a black T-shirt with a drawing of Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes and the words, high-functioning sociopath.
1: Wow. That's really cool. Um, oh, my I wanna, God. I'm going to get us be, out of this should, episode. we got to drown,
0: nerds. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, I want to end this episode with a quote. We've done that a few times. I'm going to take the responsibility of this episode to get us out of the RoboCop 2 uh, vortex. The pit, the void, the hell close us with my favorite maybe my favorite line from the movie come tweet tweet shit or whatever saying what yours was um this was hob to robocop as he's dying i'm gonna die you know what that's like don't you it really sucks